Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. All right, welcome everybody to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and we are live again on twitch.tv slash robots radio. It is 10.30 p.m., Eastern time, and we are back with episode number 29. How did we get to so many episodes so quickly? We are back, and this is uh, this is N7, the legend, Sam, with me as usual. What's up, Sam? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, as always, I have been streaming lately uh, from my new PC, streaming some Mass Effect even, and uh, the streams, as I've been told, look pretty good, uh, exporting in 1080p, 60fps, so that's pretty cool. Nice. But yeah, episode 29, you know, while I was making the notes, I was looking at it and I just thought, uh, wow, we are one week away from 30. 30 episodes. Unbelievable. Yes, 30 episodes. That's that's amazing. So this week, we're digging into another of the uh, uh, kind of darker sides. Darker. I mean, actually, yeah, we're going to actually dark, literally dark, maybe shadowy. We're going to keep even? the trend going. Uh, yes. Removing of light. Void. Void, void of light. Yes. Um, yes. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the shadow broker, friends. That's dun, what we're talking dun, about. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. And uh, yeah, well, why don't we just dig right in? So the yeah. shadow broker. Where do we so start? we are continuing the factions uh, episodes with another shady one. Of course, we just got done talking about Cerberus, the king of shady. Uh, but now we are talking about the Shadow Broker. And as uh, we've said, this subseries of episodes, it, we're compiling them together because we're talking about the groups that influence the galaxy. We're talking about where deals are made, where power resides in the Milky Way. And if we're talking about CD back room power trading then we have to talk about the shadow broker um, let's just first address that name though shadow broker mm -hmm. shadow meaning secretive sneaky or uh, as dictionary.com would put shadowy of uncertain identity and nature uh, and broker meaning a person who buys and sells goods or assets for others so by definitions the name is spot on even if it does sound pretty cheesy to be fair yeah that makes sense um and shadow broker is uh, you know there's so we've talked about other fandoms before there's a shadow broker in marvel there's shadow brokers in other series this isn't like an uncommon title for shady characters who are mysterious and doing things behind the scenes right this is something that comes up fairly regularly but um this is a very specific thing in Mass Effect, a very specific person or character or something, right? Yes, this is uh, this is a very specific person or people, mm -hmm. as the public may know. Uh, we're going to get into the identity of the person or group in a little bit, but let, let's back up a bit. For those of you who are new to the series, new to Mass Effect, um, we will do our best not to spoil too much without telling you uh, when it's going to come. But, you know, of course, be, be advised that uh, from the rest of this episode on, uh, there are going to be spoilers of varying degree. Um, but here's a non-spoiler specific a description of what the shadow broker is in mass effect the shadow broker is a person or a group of people who trade in information specifically the galaxy's darkest deepest secrets stuff that could cause wars or beset the downfall of empires you know that kind of that kind of grandiose intelligence mm -hmm. okay so they're trading this information so who buys the secrets who are the shadow brokers patrons or customers 
Right. Uh, if you could call them that, they they are governments, corporations, organized crime, rich individuals, the whole gamut. Uh, anyone with enough money, basically. So, because that seems to be the broker's number one rule, right? Uh, always sell to the highest bidder. We are led to believe the broker has no loyalty to anyone or any cause or any banner or any flag. So just accepts and sells to the highest bidder. Okay. So that's, that's how they stay in business. They, um, I guess this is a way to play factions against each other. Exactly. Yeah. The, the broker uses this game to never allow any of their clients to gain an edge, which means that every one of the clients keeps coming back for more and more and more as they try to gain that edge in the information battle space. So it's kind of like uh, in, in layman's terms, I guess, if Google or Facebook or Microsoft sold your data to other country <laughs> or organization Wait. For, for profit, um, and they held no allegiance to any government. Okay, fuck it. It's just like it. <laughs> uh, so wait, wait, okay. So, <laughs> so this is basically, uh, are, we keep coming around to these concepts and then going, wait a minute, this is just like the real world. This is just real. We're just talking about reality now again. This just keeps happening, doesn't it? I mean, we, we know that Facebook, Google, Amazon, all of them just keep gathering data about us there you know some of it is just obvious but a lot of it's just like our secrets or our personal data right and we just volunteer it they're just like where do you live and we're like this is where i live what's your phone number here you go how many kids do you have this what kind of dog do you own this one you know and we just like give it out there you know so <laughs> we, we just we just volunteer it all up right so does the shadow broker how do they get the info then? Do they do they wiretap? Are they is it like wet work? Is it hacking or are people just volunteering all this info to them for some reason? Like, do they run a social network? Like, what? How does how does this work? <laughs> Shadow broker uh, new new uh, club announced. Yeah, you need yeah. to yeah. divulge all of your vital documents. Shadow book. There we go. Yeah. Uh, no. So, but yes, to all the above. Um, but really, we are led to believe the shadow broker has agents and operatives everywhere in every system on every planet in every board meeting and a governmental body hearing. Um, so yes, to all the above, you know, they do directly interface for their information. Some of their information is proprietary, proprietary technology, I guess you could say, uh, and that's, that's how it's gained. Um, but not all of their operatives and agents are like CIA field oper or operatives. You know what I mean? They're not all James Bond types. Um, for example, you know, the, the first one that we meet in Mass Effect, actually, some players might remember Barla Vaughn. He's a Volus intermediary for the Shadow Broker on the Citadel in Mass Effect 1 and 3. Curiously not there in Mass Effect 2. Don't know why. Um, he's not intimidating. He's Volus. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a mobile bowling ball and he's more or less a banker type adept at moving large sums of money and leaving no paper trail. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of his shtick. So everyone needs a money guy. And I guess Bar Levon is one of the shadow brokers money guys on the Citadel. I remember um, meeting him in the first one and just being like, yeah, shady dude. What's with him? But that's about it, right? Like you're just, at first you're just yeah. kind of like shady dude. Mm. Kind of. Yeah. You're like shady, I guess, but like no shadier than like, I can't imagine this guy doing anything shadier than burning down his business for the insurance money. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, you're like, well, shady financial guy. But then again, most financial guys are kind of shady on some level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's not he's not the Matthew McConaughey like mm, 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 not that kind of shady. He's, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's like, much more of like a he might supply the North Korean arms dealers with, right. <laughs> with the funds they need or, yeah. or knows how to like screw over your insurance company if you really needed to know kind of guy, you know? 
Yeah. But you, you know, you contrast this with Telefasir, the rogue specter who blows up an entire building trying to throw Shepard off Liara's trail in the Lair of the Shadow Broker DLC. Um, not exactly subtle. <laughs> More mm. like a wrecking ball. Wrecking also, like ball. I said, a, yeah. a specter. And um, so, you know, the Shadow Broker has a variety, a diversity of employees and people on the Shadow Broker's payroll in, in his pockets. Um, so you can't really pigeonhole any of his operatives that way. And that probably plays to the Shadow Broker's advantage when it comes to uh, the, the sheer amount of access that the Shadow Broker has across the galaxy. And what the broker can't obtain through first-hand acquisition. It seems second-hand is good enough. So, like you said, we know uh, the broker isn't above taking out competition as shadow broker operatives have crossed paths with Cerberus. So, wiretaps, hacks, wet work, purchasing the intel from other agencies, like you said, it's all on the table. Basically, if something is going on in the galaxy, the broker knows about it. That's how good this uh, this entity's intelligence gathering process is. There is no security clearance too high for the shadow broker. Uh -huh. Two thoughts. Uh, Switching bed says, as an accountant, I'm not sure how I feel about that line of thought. I'm not saying all financial people are shady, but there are definitely financial people I have known who are shady. And he comes across as one of those. So I apologize if you are a financial person. Um, this is not an all like all of them kind of standpoint. But I do know some people who dip their toes into the I've done enough financial stuff. So I know if, if I needed to be shady, this is how you would do it. Camp. Uh, second point. I, I have a very firm uh, feeling that there are definitely shadow broker workers who are also in the camp of Cerberus and there are Cerberus workers who are also in the camp of Shadow Broker. Like there's got to be some crossover there, right? There is some prime time opportunity for like crisscross. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> kind of like, yeah, those moments. Um, definitely. And in fact, if anyone would like to read more about the interactions and the, 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 the crossroads between Cerberus and uh, the Shadow Broker, I highly encourage you to check out the series of uh, graphic novels, Mass Effect Foundations uh, or Foundation singular. Um, and I think they go one through, I forget the number, but it's pretty high. It's at least 11. And uh, yeah, you can read more about it there. There's definitely a decent amount of competition between the two. I wouldn't be surprised uh, to learn that there was an agent who was working for both. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the real question is, who is the shadow broker? Did I just make a whistle sound when I said an SH sound? You did. That was impressive. I can't do that on purpose. I'm like the old prospector. Sucker. Hey there. I was thinking Sorry. Herbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Family Guy. Yeah, family. I'm like Family Guy. I'm, turn, I'm turning into an old sucker. Um, so, uh, so who is the Shadow Broker? And do we know if it's just this like generic mystery guy or girl or being or entity or group or what? Uh, so it's a dog. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so this is a mystery that spans across the trilogy. Uh, and although it's, it's answered in Mass Effect 2, it's not really answered. Uh, I'll explain. Um, first of all, the public doesn't know and they never do know. They never find out. And, and when we pick up the controller in Mass Effect 1, we are told that no one who finds out the broker's true identity lives to talk about it and the broker never meets anyone in person. So it adds to this mysterious aura, you know, this veil of secrecy, like, oh, this, this person deals in secrets so much that they have become somewhat of a superhero <laughs> where they cannot reveal their true identity. Um, and it's not really in like a negative way. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But so not even this, not even the Shadow Broker's agents, like not even the people on his own payroll know who he is. Um, and, and I'm just saying he out of convenience. Sake. Sure, sure. Um, Generic. Barla, yeah. Barla Vaughn 
in fact, thinks that it's multiple people. So Barlavon thinks it's they. Uh, and this is a character who has worked with the Shadow Broker for who knows how long. Barlavon says it would be impossible for a single person to monitor and analyze the massive amount of data coming in from all over the galaxy and then decide what to do with it. Well, I mean, uh, you know, side note, we do know some other narcissist who seems to want to do that and runs a yeah. runs a equally complex organization all by himself. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, might still be one I person. I think we were just talking about someone like that. <laughs> yeah. Right on the tip of my tongue. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's that's you know, the Barlavon is convinced it's multiple people and reasonably so because it is a sheer like it's a crazy amount of data. Like, personally, if I were around in this universe, I'd also think that. As part of my job, I monitor incoming news. And if I'm working, you know, alone on my team and it gets super busy, it can quickly become overwhelming, like very quickly. And that's just like my coverage area is really just for one city and like a greater metro area. It's not a country. Mm -hmm. It's not a planet. It's not a solar system and it's sure as hell not a whole galaxy. So I can't even imagine the scale of info and intel that's coming in to that one place from so many different sources. Can you imagine the CPUs that this guy has? Yeah. Just to handle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be like, uh, well, I mean, it's the future, right? But it's you would think it's it's an entire server full of uh you know, processors and data banks and things. Right. Yeah. He has this whole spaceship full of thread rippers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but, in, you know, in Mass Effect 2, the Lair of the Shadow Broker DLC, great DLC, by the way. If you haven't uh, checked it out yet, definitely, definitely go and play it critical to the lore, very fun to play too. Uh, but in that DLC, Liara tracks down the mysterious intelligence Kigpin. Uh, we'll get into why later. Uh, Shepard comes with the player and Liara show up to his base, a starship uh, in the atmosphere of a planet called Hagalaz. And we find out the Shadow Broker's true identity. It turns out that the current Shadow Broker killed the last one to assume the position. And the current one is a member of a highly intelligent, very hostile, very aggressive alien species that has effectively been isolated by the Citadel Council, the Yog. What we know about this particular Yog, who becomes the, the Shadow Broker, comes from dossiers within the Broker's own base. So the next part uh, that we're going to go over might sound like a review to, to some of our most avid listeners because it is a, a review of, of what we talked about before in an earlier episode about the Yogg. Um, the Shadow Broker sent a team to the, the Yogg homeworld. Uh, this is before the Yogg killed the Shadow Broker to become the next one. So this is kind of how, the, how this Yogg became the Shadow Broker. The Shadow Broker, the original one, maybe the original one, maybe not, sent a team to the Yogg homeworld called Parnak to abduct one of them and study. And the team had to kill several Yogg before finding one who actually wanted to leave. Uh, so they noted the aggression, you know, up front and center. That Yogg was likely deceiving the Shadow Brokers team. And within a very short time, that Yogg ended up learning 17 languages. Mm -hmm. Uh, and his quote, political predictions have bettered some of the broker's best agents, uh, according to that, that current, uh, shadow broker, that one at the time. <laughs> so the, the raw intelligence paired with the power, uh, spooked the shadow broker, the broker seemingly immediately tried to issue an order to eliminate the Yog who had been posing as operative Ketchlu, uh, before that. Uh, or before that Yog could become a bigger threat. And even in acting with what the broker thought was a lot of haste, the order came too late. So the Yog killed the broker and became the new one. And that happens roughly 60 years before the events of Mass Effect 2. That's, that's, the, I love this because we talked about it a little bit during the, uh, the Yog episode, right? And 
I know that's got to be a huge bombshell for some of some of the players who don't know this. So we'll talk more about the uh, Shadow Brokers replacement when we get back from the mid break. But but we have to go thank our patrons. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office, or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs. Phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. Hey, I'm Pylon. And I'm Doc. And if you've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls. But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there. All right. So thank you to all of our patrons and all 44 of them right now. There are 44 patrons and we have some new ones to thank as well. So as of October 8th, we've got three new patrons. We have Brianna K, Blaze Freezer, and Colin K. Welcome to the Patreon. I hope you guys are enjoying your uh, your benefits of joining the Patreon. And um, all three of them are tier four or higher, so they will be able to join us on the Patreon episode, which the next one is coming up in two weeks. It is on Halloween. It is on the 31st. I hope that's not a problem for anybody. Um, we are still going to do an episode. It will be fairly late if you if you're eastern it'll be a little bit early obviously if you're pacific or one of the other time zones but i hope that's that you can still make it um again on the 31st and uh we we got to stick with our regular times otherwise it's like corralling cats and there's a lot of different people to kind of reschedule and things so we're going to stick with that time i hope that works out for you guys so that's coming up and thank you to all of our patrons and we're going to go through our list of our shepherd tier patrons we now have five shepherd tier patrons who are going to get called out every week this is amazing so thank you to all five of you guys blaze freezer colin k pipe man sovereign and stagger and stumble thank you to all of you guys you guys are awesome and we have a new review on uh, apple Podcasts, and this one is from rapid jangles three Z's at the end of that from the United States who wrote amazing lore cast five stars. I have played the mass effect games countless times and am still learning with each episode. Great job guys. Keep up the good work. I am jangles and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. So thank you jangles. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, these are so helpful. I can't tell you enough how it, nice it is to get these reviews because not only do they make us feel good and that's really, really nice of you guys to take the time to do this and to let us know exactly what you like about the show, but it really does help people know that this is an active show that we're constantly creating new episodes and what you specifically like about the show because people definitely, even if they don't listen on Apple podcasts, they use these reviews to know if they should be listening to these shows. So it really does help. Um, also, just telling your friends and doing things like that helps a ton. Word of mouth is absolutely help. Also, there's a loud dog behind me, so I hope that doesn't bother you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, so we've got those going on. And as a reminder, we have a competition right now. Our own shadow broker, I should just call them a shadow broker, is uh, is financially supporting this idea that we will have two extra guests this month because we didn't have one last month. And in order to win this 
opportunity to join us at the end of the month, you, all you have to do is go on the Robots Radio Discord. There's a link in the show notes. You can just search Robots Radio Discord. It comes right up on Google search. It'll take you to our to the Robots Radio website where there's a link. And go to the Mass Effect Lorecast page or on the, the channel on the Discord and post your own crafted recipe for either a drink or a food of any type that is inspired by Mass Effect. And I, I posted one, Sam posted one as, a, as just fun examples. These are fun to make. If you know anything about making a mixed drink or even just like a fun, you know, nacho dish or something really fancy if you wanted to, like, you know, really cool dinner or something like that. Anything you want that you would design as a recipe for something and make it you know, soup. Yeah, there you go. Soup. We've got we've got some inspiration coming from our Twitch chat. Anything you anything that you would make, just give it a Mass Effect twist, give it a really cool name, design it around a character that you really like or a location. Maybe it's something that would be served in the Citadel, you know, or, or someplace, you know, just anything that you can come up with. Be as creative as you want. Two of the best will be picked by our shadow broker, and those two will be awarded a chance, not even a chance, The they will be awarded the ability to join us at the end of the month in two weeks. And you've got one week left to get your entries in. So get in there, do it. And you can even enter if you already are a patron and will be joining us because if you're already joining us and you win, you can just gift your yours to whoever you want. You can send it to a friend. You can send it to somebody else on the discord. Somebody else who's been wanting to join us but can't because they they can't sign up on the Patreon right now because maybe they can't afford it right now, but they'd love to join us. Send it to whoever you want and just post some extra stuff in there. And you can send more than one recipe. You don't only have to submit one. You could send as many as you want. Just be as creative as you want. Put a whole bunch in there and see if you can win. The ones in there right now are awesome, too. So go take a look at what other people have put in there. Maybe it will inspire you with a dish or an awesome drink. Also... In two weeks, if you want to have some of those drinks prepared to try out while we're doing the show or some of the recipes, actually, if you actually cook one of these recipes and you're eating it on stream, that would be amazing. But don't do mine because it gets served in a dirty drink, dirty glass. Don't don't do that one. That one sounds gross. So uh, that's what we got going on. Anyway, we got the rest of the show to get to. Why don't we go back to the show? Here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. Okay, so we have a Yogg who like outsmarted everybody. It sounds like he, he was like playing way above his pay grade or at least above what anybody would have assumed he was able to do. Right. And he was playing 3D chess. He was yeah. playing 3D chess. Right. And did so and has now been in this position for 60 years before the events of Mass Effect 2. So he's been the shadow broker for like. 60 years, meaning that he was responsible for everything done under the name of the Shadow Broker since before Shepard was even born by like double his lifetime even. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. It's it's like and it's also before humanity discovered the 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 mass relay, you know, to leave their system. So right before they were even in the like they were even part of any of this they weren't even yeah they weren't even like you know in the galactic stage and this yog was still the shadow broker so this means that the previous broker could not have possibly been a human being right so okay so who was it before the yog do we have a, any sense of who that was we don't um you know put quite frankly we don't unfortunately to my knowledge there is almost nothing written in the lore about it now that i have said that out loud the lore gods will conspire and send a savior our way who will let us know through a discord message or a review and say ah but there is this tidbit in the lore that you have missed and it hints that it's this person um Unfortunately, I did not find anything like that in my uh, research. And so if anyone does have any idea, any positive idea about who the Shadow Broker was 60 years uh, before the events of Mass Effect 2, please do let us know. But in fact, uh, from what I found, there is no solid evidence for how long the Shadow Broker has been around at all or a Shadow Broker. 
has been around. The presence of one shadow broker could be something relatively recent, say within the past 200 years or so, because, you know, that's that's recent to an Asari. Um, right. That's right. Uh, you know, what is that? 10, 15 years for a human being. Uh, so or it could be much, much older. Who knows if I had to guess? I would say that shadow broker is probably just a title that has been passed on and on for generations with each successor killing or doing away with the previous broker. But again, that's my speculation. Or even, um, I mean, I can imagine that title even being useful in different eras to different people for different reasons. Or maybe different, maybe it was an organization, maybe it was an individual, you know, like different, whoever was in power of that title using it in different ways, even like, because it's so vague, yeah. right? So, uh, and, and maybe that's the point. Maybe a lot of this stuff is, has been left vague on purpose, right? So Shepard and Liara take down the base and then Liara becomes the new broker, yeah. Yeah. So basically, you know, like I said, the, the shadow, the lair of the shadow broker DLC, Shepard goes with Liara, tracks down the broker. Um, and ultimately they take down the broker and Liara becomes the new broker. Um, like you said, a lot of these things I think are left vague on purpose, not just from a practical point of view that, you know, it leaves the writing team some room down the road. Um, but also because if you're an average person in this world or in this galaxy, rather you're limited, your knowledge is limited. Even if you're Shepard who has like the highest level security clearance, probably in the Alliance, the entire Alliance, even if you're Liara who has a shockingly high security clearance for just being a matriarch's daughter, <laughs> um, your, your knowledge is still limited. You still have the confines of your perspective. Um, so it makes sense that some of these things were left vague. I think oftentimes in, in storylines where it's an, uh, omnipresent, uh, and you know, like, uh, all seeing all being narrator, it feels cheesy. You know what I mean? Like how would, how would anyone possibly know all of these things? Um, so I'm glad that we don't get that. I'm glad that we are left with a level of, uh, questioning and, and vagueness. Um, but yes, Liara and Shepard take down the shadow broker. Liara becomes the new one. So we do know who the new shadow broker is. Um, I guess if you're looking at it from a, you know, the most recent game is the most recent and in the, in the trilogy. That's the most canonical. Liara is the current shadow broker. And although the public and the broker's own agents are not aware of the change in management, it, it actually seems like the elusive man is, uh, who once credited the shadow broker as being his quote unquote equal, which was probably very generous. Uh, of a title for the elusive man to bestow, right? Like, I suppose he is my equal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like like he couldn't believe he was being brought to those words. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but, I've know. never done as much for the Solarians as any president before me. <laughs> um, Huge. <laughs> so, um, okay, so we've examined the Shadow Broker's true identity. Uh, and there are some questions, it seems, that can't be answered here. But why did the Shadow Broker matter? And what impact did some alien doing backroom info deals actually have on the galaxy at large or on Shepard? And would the games have been the same without him? Like, what was the what was the real effect of this? Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question. And there's multiple parts to the answer to that question, you know, um, well, the broker actually matters quite a deal, you know, from the very get go in Mass Effect one. And we might not all think of it this way, because to be honest, um, before I was ruminating on the subject, I don't think that I had. I don't think that I had realized how important the broker was throughout the entire trilogy. And therein lies, I think, the genius in the writing here, that they wrote the broker just vague enough to justify his profession, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that deals in secrets. You would expect him to lay low. So his importance to the trilogy 
as puppet mastering as it may be, should be a little bit hard to detect. Um, but the broker matters quite a deal from Mass Effect 1 onward, arguably much more than Cerberus. The Shadow Broker um, was actually part of the reason why Tally came to the Citadel in the first place. If we can recall back in Mass Effect 1, Tally has these data files that prove Saren has gone rogue as a Spectre. And it's, uh, it's an audio recording of Saren and Matriarch Benezia basically talking about their grand plan. It's the smoking gun. Um, and it's very valuable. It's way too valuable to waste. Tally, in fact, manages to extract it from a geth before the geth self-destructs and basically wipes its own hard drive. Um, so that was a feat of engineering by itself. So props to Tally there. But Tally knew what she had. She knew it couldn't go to waste. And so she wanted to trade this information for a safe place to hide. Mm -hmm. because she also knew that she was messing with some pretty big players. So Dr. Chloe Michelle actually introduced Tally to the club owner Fist. Um, Fist. Fist may sound familiar. I know. Hilarious. Fist. I'm Fist. I own a club. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have, I have bouncers. You better not get on my bad side because I'm Fist. Um <laughs> <laughs> he, he, uh, he, of course, Fist worked for the broker, uh, but unknown to Dr. Michelle, who introduced Tally, um, Fist had actually changed his allegiance to Saren. Uh, the broker was so furious, you know, um, at the backstabbing uh, nature of a guy named Fist, go fucking figure, um, <laughs> that, that the broker hired Rex, or not Rex, to assassinate him. So that is why Rex is actually in some deep trouble with CSEC mm -hmm. at the time that we meet Rex in Mass Effect 1. If you'd like to know the, the exact circumstances leading up to Rex's potential arrest on the Citadel, uh, there is also a backstory, a uh, Dark Horse comic, I believe, Mass Effect, uh, one of the Mass Effect foundations. I might be wrong about the publisher on that one, but it is external media. I encourage you to go check it out. Um, now, most people who played Mass Effect 1 probably remember something about that. But mm -hmm. the broker shows up later, too, regarding Admiral Kahoku, who we just talked about. Right. Uh, you know, this is uh, as a refresher, if, if, if uh, someone hasn't listened to last week's episode yet, Admiral Kahoku was the Alliance Admiral who went missing in Mass Effect 1 after investigating Cerberus for disappearances of Admiral Kahoku's team members, mm -hmm. who also the team members were investigating a Alliance contractor researcher who has had been previously involved with Dr. Chloe Michelle. Now, this is never in, I guess, enunciated or, or, you know, like really on the nose in the games. But Dr. Chloe Michelle has some really shady connections here. So she's she's got connections to Fist, an agent of the Shadow Broker. And or at least who she thinks is an agent of the Shadow Broker. And she's also got connections to this Alliance contractor who was a researcher working for Cerberus all along, Armiston Baines. I don't know. That rubs me the wrong way. That's a little off topic. But if I were the Alliance, I'd be taking Dr. Michelle in for interrogation. Um, anyway, back to the point. <laughs> After the storyline concludes with Shepard and company raiding a Cerberus cell um, looking for Admiral Kahoku, uh, on an uncharted world, the broker has one of his agents contact Shepard via the Normandy's communication systems. And it turns out that Kahoku has also made a deal with the shadow broker who hasn't right. Um, and he bought info from the broker to find out Cerberus's true location. And in exchange, Admiral Kahoku agreed to pass on any files that he recovered from Cerberus. Considering that Cerberus and the Shadow Broker were in direct competition, this was probably like 
like a wet dream for the yog <laughs> who was behind the desk he's like oh yes you know he's like definitely power bent because he just you know <laughs> to 30 some years or you know, 60 years prior just um became the shadow broker himself and now he's a chance to unseat the competition so yeah this was probably a deal too good to pass up um for the shadow broker uh and then it's up to shepherd you know whether or not to turn over the files to this shadow brokers agent who is contacting shepherd over the normandy comm system spoiler alert uh nothing really changes either way um there's some minor dialogue change but nothing effectively in the game uh changes no matter what you do um regardless it's either like a menacing or a promising sentence of goodbye from the shadow broker agent that they tell you <laughs> we will basically meet again the shadow broker will remember this next time we meet <laughs> uh, so so yeah we get this immediate idea you know from the shadow broker or that the shadow broker is really a crossroads for many different characters intricate storylines he's somewhat of a necessary writing device as i'm sure you can uh put together you know being just vague and mysterious enough to play a key role in multiple things at once yeah and i'm sure with you you're being a fan of sci-fi um i'm sure that you immediately have characters come to mind yeah he's also um from like a literature standpoint a a, con- a convenient way to allow characters to come across information they otherwise wouldn't necessarily know yes that's exactly what i was trying to say yes yeah yeah, you can, yep. you can set and that up. so mm-hmm. it's a convenient way and it's a way that makes sense within the rules of the universe they created. Um, so we also get this feeling about the Shadow Broker being a crossroads uh, from the first game um, that the Shadow Broker is somewhat neutral. He's not really a good guy, not really a bad guy uh, in the first game. Well, our, our perception of the Shadow Broker quickly changes in Mass Effect 2 uh, and the reason for that is pretty specific you know even if you did not play the DLC that we talked about earlier there is external media that you can read uh, that will shed a lot of light on the topic there is a ton of stuff that you can consume um, and and you won't need to play the DLC if you don't have access to it but that doesn't change the impact that the Shadow Broker had on the entire trilogy he almost doomed the galaxy <laughs> because he planned to sell Shepard's body to the collectors. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> Wait. I mean, if that didn't happen, if that did happen, then, like, that's it, right? Like, no Mass Effect 2, no Mass Effect 3, the Reapers win, game over, story done, like yeah Uh, that's it that's it thanks for playing all done (laughs) no mas um yeah more or less and we have to we have liara to thank for that uh big surprise you know liara just keeps coming back as a a repetitive main character Mm. uh we have liara to thank for coming back what if what if you would have played mass effect 2 as liara so that could have really been something um and in fact i have some speculation about the next game that what i'm about to describe here this storyline is so rich with detail um i can't really i don't really we don't really have the time to get into it tonight um but this storyline is so rich with detail that if people wanted to look it up and look up the entire storyline of it i think they that that the developers could easily make mass effect 4 the tale of how liara Mm -hmm. ended up with shepherd's body Mm mm-hmm so and and that's taking place between mass effect the end of mass effect one and the beginning kind of of mass effect two it's like within mass effect two but players understand what i'm talking about so anyway yes the reapers came that close to winning um because liara intervened that didn't happen it's really something this gap that the player feels going from mass effect one to mass effect two it kind of feels like the gang broke up right yeah and they're scattered 
and everyone's got their own life now and no one really cares about Shepard anymore and it's only been two years. Um, but that's not really the case. Not all of them did. Let's back up a second. In Mass Effect Redemption, the graphic novel released by Dark Horse Comics, we learned that the Shadow Broker is hired by the Collectors after they destroy the original Normandy. They want the Broker to retrieve Shepard's body and deliver it to them. Liara, who's also looking for Shepard, runs into the Shadow Broker's mercenaries on Omega and is really truly between a rock and a hard place when she accepts help from drum roll please uh none other than miranda lawson and cerberus who tell her we have the same goal liara so here's another crossroads here's another one that an unlikely one that you wouldn't think would come about but it makes sense considering that liara like it's unlikely to us because we didn't well no like i can't think of any dialogue between liara and miranda that's because liara wasn't a permanent squad member in mass effect 2. Mm -hmm. so what dialogue would really instantly come to mind um so that being said yeah liara runs into miranda basically whilst trying to escape the clutches of the shadow brokers mercenaries on omega and by the way there's a mysterious sniper who seems to pick off all of the mercenaries around liara and allow her to escape one instance i wonder who that could be who could that be it's probably the volus banker it's could it be Barlavan in the flesh, or maybe it's our loving raptor boyfriend, uh, the Volus Banker. <laughs> He's real good with the sniper. Yes, rifle. yes. Garrus is is secretly a Volus. Um, <laughs> He's he secretly the Volus Banker. He just unzips himself, and then all of a sudden the G- G- Garrus comes out. Yeah, it's two Voluses on top of each other. Um, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Liara. Um, so Liara's looking for Shepard. Liara runs into the Shadow Broker's forces, <laughs> escapes with the help of Garrus. I still don't Probably know how you kiss a guy with confirmed. a beak. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just I'm getting caught up on the whole romance and Garrus thing. Beak. I, just, I don't know how you how do you kiss a beak? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It would be something. I, I imagine it would be like hard. I know. Um, I, cold, maybe cold i don't i'm a mad so like i think we've seen like carefully <laughs> tur- like turian's tongues in the game uh-huh. and it looks like it would feel like a parrot tongue or like a yeah. bird tongue yeah don't bird tongues have like little like almost like cat tongues they've got like little rough like they're rough, rough. Thing. they're rough it's- they've got like like they're meant for like shucking things off of fruit <laughs> like tearing like stuff off what the hell is this yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know but we do know that turians get massages um interested about that go back and listen to the turian episode yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> some mean scary fan fiction surrounding that by the way be careful if you google that everyone oh boy um, but, but liara is is quickly introduced to the elusive man um who informs her of the collector's plan and the elusive man actually tells her you know I recruited you. Well, Liara, first of all, is like, you know, I'm an I'm an alien. Why why are you even interested in talking to me? Uh, and he says, because personal motivation is a hell of an inspiration. So he's well aware that she was in Shepard's crew. Mm-hmm. And this is part of the reason why the elusive man recruits Liara to help acquire Shepard's remains. This is really weird, right? Because now we're in a situation where the elusive man doesn't look like the bad guy. Mm. Like he's kind of doing like the thing that helps advance the series and ultimately save the galaxy, even if it's for the wrong reasons. So Liara is introduced to him. He recruits her. Cerberus agrees to help Liara and Farron, her drill, uh, compatriot i guess you could say uh get to where the broker is keeping shepherd's remains they get there uh ultimately liara pulls some impressive distraction maneuvers and she escapes with shepherd's body at the cost of having to leave farron behind 
And this is why Farron is being tortured by the time Liara and Shepard go back to the Shadow Broker's base and find Farron being tortured and whatnot. This is why it's so emotional for, Li for Liara too, because like Liara went there to encounter the Shadow Broker and take Shepard's body and mm -hmm. had to leave Farron behind. Right. And then she comes back with Shepard. Right. I'm sure she and feels Farron's there being there's tortured. some guilt there. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is quite emotional for Liara. And like to top it all off, if you had a romantic relationship with Liara in Mass Effect 1, and then in Mass Effect 2, you've already romanced someone by the time that you do the Layer of the Shadow Broker DLC. If you're Liara, you're thinking like, okay, that hurts. Uh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. A thanks would have been nice. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you would have been... Uh, you know, butter on the collector's toast. If it wasn't for me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, so, right. Yeah. The, the jealousy lines, uh, like switch in bed here in chat says, yeah, the jealousy lines from Liara are epic in that DLC. Uh, but yeah, ultimately she escapes with the body in tow. Um, and interestingly enough, when the shadow broker is asked why, just why would you sell Shepard's body to the collectors who may be working for the Reapers, which, by the way, the shadow broker knew mm -hmm. the broker answers that it's simply business. But he doesn't believe that the collectors would gain anything from a corpse. I don't know if I believe that mm. that might be his story. I don't know if I believe that <sighs> because, uh, for you Andromeda fans, the Shadow Broker was intimately involved in the development of Ryder's AI, Sam. So that kind of leads me to believe how much did the Shadow Broker know about the arcs that were leaving for Andromeda. And if he knew enough about that, then he knew that the Reapers were a credible threat. And if he knew that the Reapers were a credible threat, and he knew about Saren being a rogue uh, agent, a rogue specter working basically for the Reapers, and the only person standing between Saren and dominating the Citadel was Shepard. It's and, and this is a shadow broker is a being that is intelligent enough to do all of these things, gather all this intel from so many different sources. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it that the shadow broker didn't think that they had anything to gain. And even if he did, wouldn't he be suspicious? Wouldn't he be mm -hmm. suspicious and be like, I don't see why you could gain anything from that body. Instead of just being like, oh, okay, well, I'm getting a paycheck. Right. What's the value that, in this to you? Why would you spend so much for it? Right. Yeah. Right. Like if you're like, he's not a, he's not a grunt level mercenary just looking for a paycheck. Right. Like right. that's not, right. if you're willing to pay for this, enough. there must be value. Somebody else probably has value too. There's more to it. I must understand what the value is because I'm the freaking shadow broker. I have to know what the value is of the products I'm selling because that's what I do. <laughs> I play play factions against each other. This is how I make my money, right? Like you, if you're not doing that, you're not the shadow broker, right? Like that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and that's it. it's it's an interesting, interesting distinction. If you go and play the share, the layer of the shadow broker DLC, then the and you go and play it after you have already done the suicide mission then the shadow broker says to shepherd don't worry i'm just gonna take your normandy's reaper iff from you after i kill you and then i'm going to go through the omega-4 relay and then salvage the remains of the collector base and then be the most powerful entity in the galaxy <laughs> mm -hmm. so that might lend credibility to the idea that it's it's possible that the shadow broker had such hubris and was so selfish that the shadow broker thought if i give the body to the collectors i can just play them later yeah because they might trust me or something like that or right. maybe he thought he was buying his ticket to not being harvested i'm not sure <laughs> yeah there's some, some other um some other value beyond just money yeah 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 and 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 further, further than that, Liara, after Liara takes over as the Shadow Broker, she uses all of the Shadow Broker's resources and network for the war effort against the Reapers. It's unlikely, it's very unlikely, that the Crucible could have ever been built and then used to defeat the Mechathulus. 
which is a term that I've been calling the Reapers lately. Yeah, Mechathulus. <laughs> That's a good term. I like that. Yeah, Mechathulu. Uh, yeah. uh, because it's it encapsulates it's everything in one term. <laughs> Mechathulu. Um if not for Liara and if not for the infrastructure that the previous shadow brokers had already lain, I don't know if any of this could have happened, you know? Um, and, 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 and so the point is the shadow broker has had an enormous intangible effect and impact. I guess you could say the shadow broker has had a massive effect uh-huh. on the entire series. Effect or effect? Effect. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, cool. Um, I think that's where our story ends for this week. Yeah, that's some interesting stuff. Um, I think it would be really cool to see what Liara does with this power moving forward. Yeah, um, one might guess that power would corrupt, but there is something promising for people who hold out hope that Liara is not getting corrupted by this power. Mm -hmm. The elusive man once says, he makes this remark uh, that people in the information marketplace are beginning to doubt the shadow broker after Liara becomes the shadow broker because they fear the shadow broker is getting soft. Mm. The shadow broker has gone soft. And so this also implies that the elusive man knows what's up. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. There's, there's so many good stories to continue, you know, like even without, even once the Reaper stuff is all this other stuff is wrapped up. There's, there's characters and things to continue here. There's, there's also power struggles to follow through with with the series in the, in the Milky yeah. way, you know, like there's, there's, there is a like, okay, there are worlds that have been decimated. There is cleanup to happen. There is a, there is a power vacuum. There are power vacuums. There is a lot that's going to happen. And even if you don't have a big bad to have to fight immediately, there are a lot of like power plays at work with the, what is going to happen with, the galaxy and even if that's just the next story that you're going to tell there's a lot there's a lot to tackle yeah with with such a uh devastation of infrastructure across the galaxy absolutely uh such a demolishment of of existing governmental structures the risk for authoritarian regimes oh, yeah. to rise is yeah. off the charts right because who's going to stop them not to mention like who, like what are the actual remains of each of the different races like who has what power capacity left who's in control of what what is the balance of the of the you know the citadel council members you know like who who's now in control of that like all of that stuff you know what 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 about earth what about the remnants of power on earth who's in control of that let alone you know, the entire galaxy, you know, like all of these things could shift in very interesting ways. And you can tell that story and that story could be really, really interesting or dark. And then how do you balance that out? Like what, what is that fight like? What is the, what is the fight for democracy across the galaxy or, you know, like the power balance for, for good and, and, you know, people not falling into these terrible regimes that are trying to soak up in you know power in the power vacuum you know that that, bec- that could be totally become a thing if shepherd begins fighting for democracy in the next mass effect <laughs> and then also has to fight like an evil liara we have gone fully into the realm of superman we are now in <laughs> super superman as a sci-fi video game <laughs> yeah yeah they, i mean but it, you could end up with some really interesting dilemmas you know like who switches sides now that you don't have a common enemy you know like how does that how does that work who who seemed like they were doing things that like the the means the ends justified the means when it came to reapers but now have flipped because things are a little bit different 
you know, like like you're going to have mm-hmm. a lot of these things change depend- because the scale or the focus or the goals have changed. You know, or it was it was vague and, and big and now it's personal and close. You know, all of those things change the way stories are presented and the decisions of those characters. You know, uh, there's so much they could do with this, even if it's not immediately a big bad that's presented right at the beginning of the next story so it's it's exciting to think about where they could go with this because they they have such a uh, such a really cool foundation with so much story already being told in the setting um so i don't know just just fun stuff to speculate about so where are we going next next time next week so we're going to continue our episodes on the factions of the milky way and we're going to have a show that is dedicated to the blue suns the blue suns praise the sun and after that we have the patron episode on Halloween. How fun is that? Um, so I'm going to be looking at the patron chat in the Discord, and I'd love to see some festive ideas thrown around uh, for the topics. Of course, it's not my call. It's totally up to the patrons what they want to talk about, but I will be watching, uh, and I'm excited at whatever we're going to talk about on Halloween. Yeah, there were some funny ones being thrown around a little bit earlier, um, including uh, what, what candy each companion would eat. <laughs> was a, a funny idea um i feel like garris would eat popcorn balls <laughs> but he, he would just put them in his mouth and then like gnash I'm, and, like, I'm, 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 <laughs> and they would just kind of like crunch and crumble out yeah yeah um or uh genesis and chat says uh uh i feel like the, with a food challenge it could be food related but i'm not sure or what would mass effect halloween look like what would Rex dress up as? <laughs> and can we convince uh, Samara to wear an Elvira wig? <laughs> um, Rex would be a very obvious ghost. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a sheet? Put a bed sheet. <laughs> a yeah. sheet with eyes cut out. <laughs> I'm a ghost. Good one, Rex. That's a good costume. It took me an hour. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. I bet, exactly. I bet it did. <laughs> he couldn't lift his he couldn't lift his arms over his head. I couldn't I couldn't find a sheet big enough. <laughs> I had to I had to I had to sew this one to, with the other one. Wait, that's my the the back that's my sheet in the back. Yes it is. <laughs> um yeah, that's what you'd get. Uh, yeah, these are some fun ideas. Well, we'll be back next week. It's going to be awesome. And uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Do you have anything cool going on? I know you've been streaming with your new PC setup. Yeah, I've been I've been loving streaming and I've been streaming Mass Effect, DayZ, thinking of streaming Cyberpunk soon. Of course, I'm going to stream more Mass Effect, but I did promise all of the people who had been following along on my stream of my previous Mass Effect playthrough since I'm on Mass Effect 3 and I've just settled the war between the Geth and the Quarians, I did tell them that I would finish that playthrough. So I'm going to make true on that promise, even though I cannot port my saves over to my PC, I will be finishing that playthrough on xbox um i will likely play that one until i get to the final mission and then i will stream that final mission uh just to make the most of everyone's time but if anyone would like to play any uh any game pass games too i have uh all of the game pass games and, uh, and some of those are mass effect back, back so if anyone would back like for, to play any games together back for blood <clears throat> or <laughs> or back for blood no back for blood you want to play you want to play you want to play back for, that sounds like a great game to play we should play that Yes, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. I have just downloaded Back for Blood and Sundays are my busy day, so I didn't really get a chance to play a lot of video games today, Uh, but I will probably have the chance to play some tomorrow. that being said, if people would like to swing by my stream, if people would like to just come say hi, or even come and be like, hey, we should co-stream, I'm down for that too. You can find me on Twitch at N7TheLegend. You can find me on Twitter at N7TheLegend as well. Any platform where I have an account is going to be at N7TheLegend, including Xbox. So uh, you can find me on all of those at N7TheLegend. It's a little bit different on Steam. Just slide in my DM somewhere and I'll, I'll hit you up with my Steam name. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've been playing Back for Blood in the mornings over at twitch.tv slash robots radio. I stream every morning starting around 830 ish and then stream till about the middle of the day. 
And uh, so I've been in order to play more games in the morning. I've been knocking out my podcast editing usually before that. So uh, games in the morning. Come on over, hang out with me. And I've got a goal lately. I've been shooting to get to the 25 concurrence viewers level. And if we get to 25 viewers on stream, I've got a little treasure chest that's going to pop open. We're going to find out what's inside of it. And that's going to be fun. And I also if I can get to 25 average viewers in an entire week, I will be giving away a game to one of our one of the viewers on stream. So whatever game you guys want, we will have a winner. I'll pick a winner and one of you guys will get whatever game you want. So I'll be giving out a free game. So come over, hang out, win a free game. It'll be awesome. Um, and with all this, all these awesome games coming out this fall, you can pick whatever game you want. So heck, if you want to jump into, you know, if you want Mass Effect Legendary Edition, you haven't been able to get it. This would be a great way to do it. So come hang out with me. Lots of incentive to do that. If you want to pay, play Back for Blood, I've been doing that as well. Come hang out. And um, also, if you are live with us right now, stay until after the show. We're going to do a little battle royale with our little avatars. And I will give away a stream loots pack for the stream to whoever wins our little battle royale. So that'll be fun, too. But uh, that's what we've got going on. And we, of course, we've got lots of other shows. Oh, and Sam just joined us on the Cyberpunk Lorecast that we recorded right before this show to talk about jumping into Cyberpunk with his new PC and his impressions of the game. So that will be out uh, the same day that this is up. So if you want to go check out Sam's thoughts on Cyberpunk um, 10 months after it released with a bunch of patch updates and stuff, then check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast. It's up avail it's available everywhere. If you're listening to this right now on a podcatcher, you can just look that up right now and go listen to that episode as well. So that's available as well. All right. We'll be back next week. Thanks to you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to our patrons, and we'll see you guys next time. Stay safe out there in the galaxy. It's a dangerous place, and you never know if uh, Mechathulu is going to come get you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. in New Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020. It's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. The Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.